Greetings and salutations, folks. This is Neil Kirschman with an episode of the Fantasy Football Peeps podcast. And today we are going to look at consistency ratings. So as we prepare for the 2020 fantasy season, we have to look back on 2019 and evaluate key stats and use them to rank and project players for the 2020 campaign. One of the most talked about stats is a player's consistency rating. So on the surface, you might think, well, of course I want a guy who's consistent. Why wouldn't I want that? For the most part, it does make sense. But what if you have a player who isn't very consistent, but when he plays well, he lights up the scoreboard and single-handedly wins you the week? Is it better to have a top five running back, even if he has a handful of bust weeks? Or is it better to have a back whose points fall in the 10 to 15 range but his weekly point totals have little to no variance with minimal bust weeks. Let's take a look at this a little bit more in depth today and see if we can evaluate the importance of player consistency ratings and how to factor them into your player evaluations. Before we do that, though, let's get into some peeps. Peep this. All right, so the latest that we have coming in as far as quarterbacks is, holy crap, the dominoes are just going to be insane. They're talking about Tom Brady, uh, potentially not coming back to New England. They're, they're saying that there's a strong chance he could go to Tennessee and reunite with Mike Vrabel. They're talking about uh, possibly him going to the Colts. Either one of those would be absolutely insane. I mean, could you imagine Tom Brady, if he goes to Tennessee, now he's got the run game that he wish he had in New England with Derrick Henry being there. And how about A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown fantasy owners are going to absolutely love something like a Tom Brady going there because you've got a quarterback that's not afraid to throw the ball. He's a very accurate thrower, and the potential for A.J. Brown would just absolutely explode. So that's a pretty cool thing to consider. But same thing if he goes to somewhere like Indianapolis, again, he's going to have a pretty he's going to have a great situation there he's going to have a great offensive line he's got a solid running game with Marlon Mack uh we'll see if anyone if anyone would reinvigorate T.Y. Hilton's career it's somebody like Tom Brady so I think that's pretty interesting as well then you got to look at Jameis Winston and Philip Rivers there's a lot of talk out there that Rivers could wind up in Tampa Bay, which I think I think Godwin and uh, Mike Evans' owners would not be thrilled about that because it's been a while since Rivers has been able to support two stud receivers in the way that Jameis Winston did last year. But if Rivers did go there, then Jameis Winston potentially would be on the move, and where would he go? You know, he might go to somewhere like New England if Tom Brady doesn't come back. And so now, what do you think about Jameis Winston in New England? I don't think there's a lot of weapons in New England, quite honestly, whether it's whether it's Brady or someone else. So I'm not high on guys like Nikhil Harry, and I'm not high on James White unless he has somebody like Brady who likes to dump the ball off a lot to running backs, somebody like Phillip Rivers, for example. But somebody like Jameis Winston who likes to throw the ball down the field, I think uh, New England would need to add some more weapons to make him viable there. Um, we're also hearing some rumblings that the Jags are looking to start Gardner Minshew and move on from Nick Foles. DJ Chark owners got to love that because DJ Chark was a monster when Gardner Minshew was in the lineup. And then when Foles came back for the three games that he played before he got benched, Chark was good in the first game. In fact, he was really outstanding in the first game, although I think partially because um, D.D. Westbrook wasn't playing. But then in the next two games with Foles, D.J. Chark basically just disappeared. 
I mean, the targets were low. Uh, the way in which Foles delivers the ball in terms of the short game, intermediate throws, and long throws is completely different than what Gardner Minshew does, and it doesn't play to DJ Chark's strengths. So I really feel that Gardner Minshew is a better situation there for the Chark owner. It looks like Minshew's going to potentially be the starter based on this news that we're hearing. So now where does Nick Foles go? Does somebody like Nick Foles wind up in LA and become the new quarterback of the Chargers? Right now, the Chargers just have Tyrod Taylor, which is pretty woeful for anyone interested in Mike Williams getting the ball downfield. Or, uh, you know, Keenan Allen probably would be okay. He's not going to be as good as he would be with Phillip Rivers. But I mean, for everyone that's been going crazy over the air yards and average depth of target that Mike Williams has seen, that's going to go away with Tyrod Taylor. But if they bring in someone like Nick Foles, hmm, that gets pretty interesting. All of a sudden, I think there can be some viable production out of those two receivers there. And I also think it's pretty interesting for Austin Eckler too, because he benefits from a lot of dump off passes. Um, I think that's something you will see with somebody like Nick Foles, as opposed to Tyrod Taylor, who's more likely to take the ball and run with it as opposed to dumping it off to Austin Eckler. So this is just, this is just, I'm just skimming the top of the iceberg here. There are so many more quarterback dominoes that I'm not even getting into right now, but it's just very interesting to see just with the little bit of rumblings that we've heard so far, where things can go and how things can shake out and what that is going to ultimately mean for the respective wide receivers and running backs on these teams. Now let's get into today's topic and let's talk about consistency ratings. First, let's establish how we define consistency ratings, okay? For this exercise, we will assume half PPR scoring, and we will examine running backs and wide receivers specifically. Consistency ratings break player performances down into great games, good games, and bust games. So a great game means that you score top five for the week at the position. Good means you score in the top 24 range. So when you're in the top 24 range, what are we talking about? We're talking about finishing as a RB2 or better, wide receiver 2 or better. Always remember when we say RB1, that means you're finishing 1 through 12. RB2 means you're finishing RB13 through 24. Same thing for receivers. Lastly, bust games mean you fell outside of the top 50, which basically is horrible. A great game can win you the week, whereas a bust game can lose you the week. Consistency means less risk, and just like with stocks, lower risk usually means steady returns, although perhaps not immaculate returns. So looking at the 2019 weekly point totals for the three categories, we have determined that great games mean you scored 22 or more points, good games means you scored 10 or more points, bust games means you scored seven or fewer points. So let's dive into this. Let's look at an example of a top fantasy point scorer, but someone who lacked consistency. I can't think of anyone better to examine than running back Aaron Jones. Jones finished as the RB2 in half PPR in 2019. That means he was literally the best fantasy back in the league next to only Christian McCaffrey, who we all know was basically superhuman in 2019. So right after Christian McCaffrey, you say, well, who was the next best back? Was it Alvin Kamara? Was it Saquon Barkley? Nope, it was Aaron Jones, okay? However, he ranked number 18 in consistency, which is woeful. You look at that and you say, really? So the second best back in all of fantasy had less consistency than 17 other backs? I know, it's weird. To be honest, it's puzzling. It's rare when you look at the history of fantasy, and it's unlikely to happen very often, but it serves as a perfect example for this discussion when we talk about 
how important is consistency versus someone who just scores a lot of points. 38% of Jones's games were great, 69% were good, 31% were busts. So how do we evaluate this? I think we need to dive a little bit deeper to decipher what the key takeaway is from this data. Now, moving on, let's take a look at an example of someone who maybe isn't a top flight fantasy scorer, but did well in terms of consistency. For this example, we're gonna look at two players and we're gonna look at the wide receiver position. We're gonna look at two players that finished just outside wide receiver one territory, so they were high-end wide receiver twos. We're gonna compare A.J. Brown to Jarvis Landry. Landry finished as the wide receiver 13 with 195.9 points, while Brown finished as the wide receiver 15 with 191.5 points. That is only a difference of 4.4 total points on the season, so really not that much at all to be significant, right? I mean, that's literally, if you break it down over 16 games, a difference of 0.3 points per game. So who cares? It seems like on the surface they're basically the same player. However, Landry finished number 20 in consistency while Brown finished number 30 in consistency. So basically, as far as fantasy points go for their totals on the season, they both finished within four points of each other. However, one player was 10 positions more consistent than the other player. So how does that break down in terms of great, good, and bust games? With Landry, he had 19% great games, 19% bust games, 38% good games. And then the rest of his games were somewhere in between the tiers. With Brown, he also had 38% good games, so they both had the same amount of good games. However, with Brown, he had more booms and more busts. He had 31% great games compared to Landry's 19. He had 38% bust games compared to Landry's 19. So when you look at this, Landry was the safer play. He didn't have as many great games. He rarely busted, whereas Brown had more great games, but significantly more bust games to go along with it. Effectively, what do we have here? You have your standard difficult decision of, do I go with the safe floor play, even though it's somebody who has a small ceiling, or do I go with someone who has the higher ceiling potential, who could explode, but also someone who could have a lot of bust potential as well? How do we evaluate this and decide which player is better to own or which player is better to start? So, looking at these examples now, we talked about Aaron Jones, a mega point scorer, had inconsistency issues, and we looked at two receivers in Landry and Brown. When you compare them to each other, their point totals were almost identical, but they were very different in consistency. So how do we evaluate this? I am going to break this down very simply so that you can understand how and why to evaluate consistency. The number one rule of thumb is this. When it comes to RB1s or wide receiver ones, consistency is 100% irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It simply does not matter. Take a look at Aaron Jones. Sure, it bums you out when he has weeks where he scores six points, three points, four points, or five points like he did in 2019. But when he had his great games, he scored 38, 27, 28, 27, and 17. And these are point totals that most likely single-handedly won you the week. Oh, also, by the way, he had some pretty good weeks where he scored 16, 15, 15, and 15. So think about it like this. If I told you during your fantasy draft that you could draft a running back that would literally score the second most points of any back in the NFL, what response would you have other than, yeah, 
Sign me up for that. That's exactly what I want. Would you even for a second think about it and say, well, that sounds great, but uh, how many bust games will he have? You would not say that at all. The whole point of fantasy is to score the most points as possible. Now, looking at the wide receiver comparison that we talked about with A.J. Brown and Jarvis Landry, this brings me to consistency rule number two. Consistency matters a lot more when it comes to RB2s or wide receiver twos. The main reason for this is simple. When it comes to RB2s or wide receiver twos, you're dealing with guys that you don't just plug and play and walk away. These are guys where you worry about matchup and you spend a lot of time pondering why you should or should not start them. Quite often, the guys in this range will have bad games and you are very likely to sit them throughout the season, particularly if they have a bad matchup in favor of some of your better bench players or perhaps even the waiver wire flavor of the week. In other words, you're always starting Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, but you're hesitant to be as trustworthy with guys like Landry, Brown, and I'll give you some other names here, Cortland Sutton, Stefan Diggs, Michael Gallup, and Tyler Boyd. All of those guys finished in the wide receiver two range last year. That means these are guys that you would typically want in your lineup, but let's be real, throughout the season, you had doubts about all of them. You probably sat him a bunch. You know Michael Gallup had some games where he basically didn't show up. Tyler Boyd with the issues at quarterback, he had some very up and down games. Cortland Sutton was pretty decent for most of the year, but there were definitely games where you would be benching him too. And then Stephon Diggs, don't even get me started. You know, between him and Thielen, you never knew which one was going to have a good week. And there were plenty of bust weeks for Diggs. Yet all four of those guys that I just mentioned were in the wide receiver two range. So what does this tell you? Well, it tells you that consistency matters when you're talking about RB2s and wide receiver twos. It matters a lot because it takes out all the guesswork. You can feel good about starting a guy like Landry and knowing that he's not going to kill you versus stressing over when to start somebody like Brown with a 38% bust rate. So I hope I'm making this clear. This is the, the underlying theme here is very simple. The importance of consistency can literally be segregated by whether or not the player in question is in the RB1 or wide receiver 1 range versus the RB2 or wide receiver 2 range. It's that simple. If the player is in the 1 range, you're starting that player every week and you're not thinking about it. It doesn't matter if they have three bad games in a row, you're still starting them. I don't care if Ezekiel Elliott has three bad games in a row, he's in my lineup every single week. So who cares if they have bouts of inconsistency? It doesn't matter. The fact is, when they ball out, they win the week for you. So you can live with the tough weeks because you're going to have so many great weeks. At the end of the day, fantasy football is about scoring as many points as possible, right? Well, Aaron Jones scored the second most points among running backs this year. You're taking that 10 times out of 10 without question. Think about it like this. If you're going to have a guy that you're going to start in your lineup every single week at the running back position, would you rather he finish as the RB2 or the RB10? You see what I mean? So it's like, if this guy is always going to be in your lineup no matter what, then obviously you're going to want a guy that scores the most amount of points possible, and consistency does not play into it whatsoever. However, when it comes to players in the two range, we're talking players that finish somewhere between 13 and 24, you want them to be consistent because it takes the guesswork out of whether or not you should start them. They may not light up the scoreboard, but if they put up respectable point totals on a consistent basis, you can start them more frequently without sweating it. Inconsistent players in the two range are beyond frustrating because you basically never know when to start them or when to sit them. And there's two uh, outcomes here that can be really, really bad for you. One, 
you go back and forth on whether or not to start the player, you start the player and then he has a bad game for you and loses you the week potentially. Or number two, and this one is probably even way more frustrating than the first, you decide not to start him, he's on your bench, and then he explodes and puts up a million points, and all of those points are unusable because you benched him. I hope that really drives the point home because the key with consistency in the two range is that, well, now you don't have to worry so much about should I start or should I sit. But when they're super inconsistent, you're back and forth, you're wishy-washy, you don't know what you want to do. You start them, they have a horrible game, you put them on the bench, they go off and have a great game, and you don't even get the reward of those points. And so now what's the player worth? It's like the few times that he actually does do a good job, you're not even getting the points for it because he's too inconsistent for you to start him. So I hope that really kind of paints the picture of consistency rating. I mean, the reality is, is we have so many stats that we have to look at every single year to evaluate players. It can be overwhelming sometimes. You have productivity metrics, you have opportunity metrics, you have efficiency metrics, and there's so many more. They're all pieces to a really large puzzle. And consistency ratings are the same thing. They're just yet another piece to the puzzle. But it helps to know how much importance they bear and when to prioritize them and when not to. I will steadfastly believe until the day that I die when you're talking about RB1s and wide receiver ones, consistency is just something that I'm not going to worry about or think about because it doesn't matter. Guys are in my lineup. I'm going to play them anyways. But when you get down into the RB2 and wide receiver two range and you have those tough start sit decisions to make every single week, that is when you want a player to be consistent. Hopefully this discussion has given you a little bit of clarity on consistency and you can move forward ranking your players for 2020 a little bit better. So thank you very much for listening to the Fantasy Football Peeps podcast show today. I'm Neil Kirschman, and as always, let's get it, baby. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it, baby.